Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. For, for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, are doing the very same things. Romans 2 verse 1. Ah, age in which we live and the empty nesting we're working on. Empty nest doesn't only mean children leaving home. It means all of us, children including, included, needing to relate to one another on a different level. They no longer want to be children, and we should no longer treat them as such. Of course, in a real-life family, that hardly works at all. We all want to remain children at times, and we all want to treat our children as the toddlers they are reverting to at times. As parents, my blue-eyed cowboy and I often walk the fine line between being the voice of a wise, beloved parent and of a narrow-minded, unworldly judge. For example, I just can't see spending the mortgage, living money and savings on a two-week holiday just because the opportunity presents itself. But this verse from Romans says I'm not to judge because I'm doing the very same thing. Well, I'm not. Or am I? Did I? Years ago, I did forego the sensible for the once-in-a-lifetime memory. I was reckless and irresponsible with four young children to support. But we were all right in the end and we do have lots of stories to pass down as a consequence. This is a very good count to 10 verse. Judgment comes easy for me. I always feel I can handle someone else's life better than they can. I have to pull myself up sharply and slap my wrist. Instead of judging, let's walk a life that encourages others to change on their own without our criticism, buffs and our wagging fingers. Good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny, and I'm going to be talking about my life as a homeschooler with my blue-eyed cowboy and our four children. The children, of course, are all grown up now, but once a homeschooler, always a homeschooler. And I still have plenty of up-to-date tales about the family that derive directly from their exposure during their formative years to our unconventional lifestyle. My cowboy and I are living alone together in merry old England for one more week. Then we're back to the excited and waiting arms of our American family. I'm finding God in the ordinariness of our lives as I absorb the last of the English culture. Soft, soft rain and the first brilliant burst of sun for the day as it sinks below the horizon. A stunning surprise that reminds me of the light. We've given notice of departure on all our bills are waiting to cancel the utilities and still need to buy those weightless suitcases. Each week, I invite someone to join me during this hour and we talk about the delights and insights of parenthood. Whether they're homeschoolers or not, we put the world to rights on the issues of child rearing. Regardless of topic, I think you'll find our chats will always speak straight to the heart of parents who put their children above their highest joy. Today, my guest is a graduated lifelong homeschooler who's been on my show before. Joshua Williams is going to tell us 
all about the important role his parents play in his life. Stay tuned. That conversation will be coming up after the first break. I'm going to be carrying on with my look at bringing the public school home, a play we've seen, Canterbury, the problem of not talking to dorts and having to move without movers. I have a mug of PG tips because I think winter's hit. I wish you were here with me, but you're not. At least you can listen as I spout on while you sit comfortably. So hang on to your hats. Now, last week, I was telling you how I was perusing the Homeschool Association newsletter I subscribed to, and it got me a little despondent about their particular notion of homeschoolers portrayed on the pages of their activity-filled publication. After the competition announcements came details of what was happening in the co-op, which was now in full swing, marking the beginning of another year. It followed the traditional school year, and I bolt at the prospect of losing my flexibility if I participated in any way. There were several pages boasting a whole curriculum of lessons that could be taken from numerous teachers or mothers who homeschooled their children outside their home. I wonder if such homeschooling, much homeschooling actually went on in their families. This was not the odd lesson advertised or weekly homeschool group available for joining. This was full-blown, several days a week co-op in a church building, in individual classrooms, with homework and tests, questionable behavior, bullying, cliquing, and the typical social skills we were trying to avoid by not sending our children to school. For the sports-minded, there was softball, volleyball, football, soccer, and baseball teams. There were clubs, chess, debating, engineering, robot, as well as Mensa. There were advertisements for independent schools that designed their curriculum using the best aspect of public, private, and home and molded them into one model where I could enroll my child and relinquish responsibility for her education altogether. Instruction in violin, piano, oboe and voice, along with computer, taught math and driver's ed were also offered for those enrolled in the co-op. To round it all out and bring it right into the forefront of the public or private school domain were the notices for yearbook deadlines and order dates, photographic sessions for seniors, graduation certificates and ceremonies, proms, cotillions, homecoming dances and senior trips. Yes, I said cotillions, proms, homecoming dances and senior trips. I was baffled. Not only could my older children take classes outside the home all day for five, even six days a week, they could also join sports teams and play in the evenings and on weekends. They could take up a musical instrument, learn to drive, get a senior photo taken for their yearbook. They could even go on a sponsored senior trip, all without me having to leave my house or use my voice. Added to this variety pack of activities, they had the option to whirl around a dance floor with the newly elected most beautiful person in their grade at least three times a year. Our basement activities paled under the light of this smorgasbord of goodies on offer. Where was the homeschool in all of this? Now, don't get me wrong. In the right place and at the right time, there is room for one or two of these activities, and the choices were impressive. I'd be afraid of where to draw the line with a house full of children or wanting to do something different. I asked myself, should this co-op be called a homeschooling co-op? 
perhaps my uncluttered interpretation of homeschooling to teach my own and enjoy the bonds of family that resulted was not how everyone else saw it. I also suspect parents, teachers and students suffered from the burnout that co-op provided that Carol Topp and I talked about when she was on my show promoting her book on co-ops. Plus, I noticed evidence of a couple of the disadvantages of co-op Carol and I talked about. Are we prepared to let someone else teach our children? And how much time are we prepared to take away from family? Mike Donnelly from HSLDA also talked about the hazards of straying too far from the home when schooling. He says, what good is it if we gain the world but lose the souls of our children? Do popularity ballots and beauty contests have a place in the Christian homeschool? Is it biblical to compete for peer approval? Isn't it written somewhere that we are blessed if we're persecuted for God's sake? Matthew 5 verse 10. The good news is not about scoring high on the popularity stakes at school or in life for that matter. And in Acts 5.29, Peter says to the high priest, we must obey God rather than people. Peer approval? Ooh, I think the early apostles had a hard time keeping their friends. I closed the association newsletter and I threw it away. The adversary has certainly brought chaos, confusion and decline into our one-room schoolhouse world with what appears to be harmless and fun activities on the surface. Even in my small household, feelings get hurt when favoritism accidentally rears its head. How much more so when the numbers increase and the safety net of families whisked away in the confines of a homeschool co-op? I thought I'd left all that behind years ago when I departed from the halls of my children's public school and the even more distant cloisters of my competitive convent. Now I was snookered. Remember, my children were older now and had outgrown the bumper bowling and roller skating Fridays. The classes, competitions, sports and other social activities being offered by my homeschool association were not what I was in search of to augment my family or my life. It was our vision for our homeschool. It wasn't. Now that we were beyond the elementary school age, I could not betray my decade-long culture and began to gravitate back towards the public and private school models. We had activities, family parties where my oldest son premiered his movies. Children came over to swim in the summer. They didn't do a lot of dancing. We volunteered and managed our own version of the school year to suit our projects. I rarely let anyone teach my children except for ballet, gymnastics and later advanced chemistry and physics, but only the two latter subjects until I felt confident enough to tackle them myself a couple of years later. Because I didn't want many other people teaching my children, I accepted that they were not going to be taught by experts in every subject and that we'd have to modify and maybe even make some sacrifices as far as the subjects we were able to cover at Wildflower Academy went. Most mothers can teach their children how to speak, read, write and count. I raised my hand and proved proficient on that score. If our children can read well, then the world is laid at their feet. Probably the Christian leaders of my association are as oblivious to the changes that have crept in over the years. I only noticed because I was transitioning my son into a four-year college and losing my prototype. I was looking for homeschool-based ideas. However, at Wildflower Academy, we were not excellence and academically driven. We would rather raise up a good man for Christ than a brilliant man for the world. 
Perhaps a new breed of homeschooler is changing the original motives behind bringing our children into the safety of our homes. As I said a couple of weeks ago when I started this contemplation, there are many reasons to homeschool. Not one of them has the distinction of being the right one. Each family has to decide for themselves the reasons they no longer want their children at traditional school. For us, the culture was zany enough to have us sticking to it through thick and thin, and we did do our fair share of co-ops, and I did let other people teach my children, but I was always there, and I was also teaching their children if we were doing some kind of co-op at our home, and uh, this organized co-op in a church with classrooms just kind of got to me. So we never really participated in that. Um, Looks like it's break time already. I'm off to grab another cuppa and I'll be back in a sec with my guest. So you just stay put because you'll want to hear what Joshua Williams has to say about his homeschooling experience. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNitty, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. 
My guest today is Joshua Williams, a graduated lifelong homeschooler who will be talking to us about the important role his parents have played in his life. Joshua is the oldest of six home-educated children. He and his family live in England, and after graduating from home, he worked in the building trade for about two years before taking entrance exams for university, which is where we left him the last time we spoke two years ago. Joshua, welcome back to my show. How are you? Uh, Yeah, good. Thank you. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Well, as I as I said, as I said in my introduction, and you're here in England with me, so you're watching it get dark. Yes, I am. Yes. I said I was saying to my husband, I think this is the first time I've done my show in the evening when it's getting dark, because usually I do it earlier. But this six months I've been doing a later show, so it's it's kind of different to do it at the other end of the day. Anyway, so so where are you in England? I'm down in Hampshire at the moment, uh, staying oh, with my fiance's ham- family. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So, all right. So, where where usually do you live? Well, my uh, my, my actually, um, we I was born in England, but we moved about nine years ago. We moved to the uh, border of Scotland. We now live in the very south of Scotland. Um, okay. But I don't have a Scottish accent, so nobody really no, picks don't. up on that. No. No. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, if you were up in Scotland, it would be even darker. Nah. Definitely. It's about Definitely. 20, 30 minutes darker. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's enough. We've done our little weather bit and our little <laughs> grumble about it getting dark early. English. Yes, we are English. We have to do that. <laughs> All right. So um, I know that we talked um, a couple of years ago and um, we talked a little bit about your homeschooling background. So just give us a, a little overview, you know, as to why your parents homeschooled. Had they always homeschooled and how many children? I said six. So give me the little dynamics of your family there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like you said, I am the oldest of six. Uh, the youngest is actually uh, eight now. So there's, um, oh. I'm 24. So there's, mm-hmm. there is quite a big difference between mm-hmm. us and age. Um, I went to a um, I went to a Christian school doing actually ACE, which I'm sure some of your listeners know uh, of, um, for for a b- very brief time, and then uh, my parents came to the decision that they wanted to to have more of a hand in our education, um, and that um, this Christian school, while it was very good, was you know, quite prohibitive in cost, etc. So, because of those two reasons, they really felt that it was uh, you know God's leading for them to home educate. And back then in England, there wasn't really, you know, we were not the f- some of the first, but it was a lot rarer then than it is now. So. Um, yeah, so there's me um, and two of my other brothers who are now out of education, um, one of whom is a games designer, the other one is in college, uh, and then um, my the next brother down who is 14, he's just gone into the local high school to start doing some what we call hires, which are the equivalent of English uh, AS levels, I'm not sure what they are over there, mm-hmm. and then the other two are still at home, um, so that's uh, the eight-year-old and um, a... 13-year-old, they're both still at home with my mum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So how how involved were your parents with, you, with your homeschooling? Was it, was it structured or were you allowed to lead, you know, lead and you know, follow your own interests? What was it yeah. like? Um, well, like I said, because, because back then it was much uh, scarcer, there was much less support 
Um, so with myself and um, the, the next brother down, who is just a few months younger than me, mum was very, very structured. We basically followed a school routine. It was sort of get out, um, start the jobs at this time, start school at this time, have a break at this time, um, and so on. And we, you know, we'd have and obviously because I was doing AC, that's quite structured in itself. But mm. now my mum and over the past few years, especially with the younger ones. They're much more, uh, much less structured. Um, they still use books. Um, they still use a, a, an English course. And I think they use, I'm not sure whether they use Heinemann maths. Uh, but anyway, they still use one or two things, but it's much less structured. Um, it's, yeah, it's, um, they, they do a lot more things together. Um, so, yeah. yeah that's so do you, think, been, really. do you think some of that might have to do with um, the fact that, you know, they've, they've successfully launched several um, children out into the world and um, they know that, you know, they can they can maybe sit back and enjoy it a little bit more and not fret quite so much? Um, yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, the difference in my mum's age, the difference in my dad's age between me being, um, you know, a young one and Max, who's the youngest, being young, young is it's quite big. And so obviously they've learned a lot. Um and and I've definitely seen them change as people, uh, and part of that has led to a difference in yeah difference in ideas. Now, mum is quite quite she she does believe quite strongly in in less structured ed- education. So I think for for a lot of home educators, it really really works to start quite structured because mm-hmm. then you feel you can feel like you've got more of a, a handle on it which is perfectly understandable like I'm sure you know I I was doing education at a university I was studying to be a teacher for a while and um, and now you know starting out that was quite difficult so I think it's the same for a lot of young home educating parents that you can just feel overwhelmed whereas later on you realize things like um children do learn certain things without the need of a book or you know mm. so for mum and dad it was much more yeah it was much definitely like that yeah yeah and you know I've, I've got a lot of my listeners who are maybe brand new homeschoolers and very worried about are we teaching enough what mm. what kind of i mean can you reassure them that yes I mean, obviously, you were at the beginning of this, uh, you know, sort of very structured education, and you've you've seen um, how how it's kind of evolved yeah. in your family and, and changed in your family. Were yeah, you yeah. able to were, say, for example, that you really, you know, weren't gifted and talented with the sciences, but you really loved the arts? Mm. Were you were you able to pursue more of? Um, what you liked to do or did you really have to you know knuckle down and do the the stuff that you really weren't that keen on um well like i said i did ace which is quite structured um and i have my own personal opinion on that um i do wish to a certain extent that it had been less structured for me because i would have liked to have 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 have, have done more more um you know more of my own things, uh, but I do see that in the younger ones. Um, my my sister Talitha, for instance, um, is is very very musically gifted, uh, incredibly mm. musically gifted. Um, so she plays the clarinet, she plays the piano, she wins all sorts of sort of awards for for um, composing music for multiple instruments. Um, which is, so that's good. It's it's good that she's able to 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 follow that, and my yeah. mum gives her, her support. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, um, it, it, 
when you get married and have your own family, are you going to homeschool your children? Um, I would like to. I would like to. Um, the position. And so, if was... you did, if you did, how would you, would you go to a really structured? What would you do? No, I def I would definitely do um, a less structured form of education, mm. working uh, like a. Um, being in university, studying education and being quite passionate about education myself, I've thought about these things a lot. And um, for me, it really seems that the, the beauty of home education is in the family element, I really believe. So in doing things together, in um, not so much in structured education, because for me, a course is very, uh, very prescriptive. Uh, it, you know, it might, it works very well for some people, doesn't work for other people. So I really see, for instance, we would like to have our own small holding. And I really passionately see part of my children's education, if we home educate, is in um, teaching them about the ground, teaching them about the, uh, the plants, teaching them how to grow, teaching them um, all those sorts of things. Um, so I think education has become too especially well especially from my experience in britain too formulaic uh, and i really would like to go back take strip that back and mm. um and and just see it much more experience based as a as a yeah. family you, you know as a family just exploring things going for yeah. going out for projects um reading together finding out things together setting targets together yeah. um just much more um, I don't know whether organic is the right word because it's quite vague, but just much more, just much more simple and much less yeah. For, yeah. formulaic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been reading a couple of articles actually lately in the newspapers saying that a lot of children in England, like 75% of them, don't know anything about wildlife or animals mm. or mm. all that. And I thought, you know getting back to that to nature and to the hands-on away from what's the opposite to that you know the computer sitting at the desk perhaps and not getting out mm. you know learning it all from a book there's nothing wrong with books but you know you have to get out and do that yeah so definitely that definitely. is yeah, that no. is interesting and you found that at college now how was it because that's what you were you know Learning to, I'm going to. I want to talk to you more about your college, but we'll do that in the mm. next one. But you, you were saying you learnt that when you were at college that you know this formulaic approach, this um, mm. not hands-on approach, just wasn't working. No, I, I really didn't believe it worked for me, and I really didn't believe it worked for um, a lot of the children I was meeting, a lot of the children um, I knew around me, a lot of the yeah, just yeah, I really didn't believe it worked. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I've had some people on my show who are like learning specialists, you know, learning, finding mm. your child, your child's learning style. And, mm. you know, about 80% of us learn in a hands-on way. Yeah, classrooms, I, I do. Yeah, classrooms are set up for those 20% that mm. are, that learn better from reading and from writing. You know, yeah, yeah, more administrative, yeah. more more producers, yeah. not so creative, and so those poor children that are creative are just set up to fail in a classroom. Yeah. I, and I think it has to be a thing of hope, um, because you know you can quite often look at something like the, an education system and see failure and think and, and panic because you think you have to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. And education is a wonderful thing. You know, there's so many wonderful theories, so many wonderful ideas, and it's a wonderful adventure. And I think it's really good to encourage home educators to see issues with the system if that's why they're home educating, and seek to have seek to have hope. 
because they, you know, just not pressure themselves too much because it's so easy to do that. And I think that's sad. Yeah. Just, well, Josh, yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. And we have to go on a break. So we'll be back in just a few moments. Okay. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNitty, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Join host Kaylin Amadio for Act Local, marketing for small business. Kaylin helps concerned, confused, and even clueless small business entrepreneurs market simply, safely, and successfully. Join Kaylin for some Monday morning marketing madness that will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing for your local business, this marketing black belt will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin will feature a new tip that you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. Act Local Marketing for Small Business airs every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard. Time on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, Joshua. I, uh, last time we spoke, you were in Rome and you mm-hmm. were at college and you were taking a semester, I think it was, in Rome. And things have changed since we last spoke. I mean, two years is a long time, but two years also isn't so long. So tell us, tell us what's been going on in your life since then. Um, yeah, I was at, I was in Italy for, um, it was one university year, um, and <clears> there <throat> was a few issues with, with that year um administrative problems etc which basically meant that i had to sort of take not only did i have to take third year of university in my third year i also had to take set half of second year again oh. so i was taking i was taking 
I was actually taking more credits than it was legal that you were allowed to do, but mm. they let me off. Mm. Um, and I actually passed all of that. So I managed to pass it all apart from my my school placements. Um, I um, we, I was yeah I was on my school placements, and the teacher she was quite um, she was quite difficult to get on with. She didn't really make it seem like she wanted me there and then if I made um you know if, if lessons didn't quite go to plan she would she would actually be quite um visibly angry instead of sort of just supporting me and saying that yeah that's okay that's a rookie mistake but you know working mm-hmm. on it um so I tried to raise issues with with the university um and I was hearing stories of, from everybody else in the course saying that they were having very supportive teachers um but it got to sort of the end of the course and I was losing all my confidence and working very hard um, but losing confidence and losing losing the children's focus because I, I was losing confidence. So I said to the teacher, um, you know, how, where are we going with this? Because for, I'd, I'd, I'd struggled um, I'd struggled with, with being a teacher for a while, but I really felt that if I'd started this, I should I should probably try and finish it. It didn't feel honourable. Um, mm. But praying through all that and and when the teacher said that she wasn't going to pass me I I knew that even though I'd worked very hard um because I'd worked very hard then I felt okay because I'd I'd worked and it wasn't my it wasn't my um own lack of um hard work that meant that I was failing it was just the way it was so I felt quite I felt like I was being given the go-ahead by the Lord to to move away to move Mm. away from that so that's what I did um in May I um left university at the end of third year uh, without a degree um but I'm finishing one or two extra small credit courses to get a basic degree for the for the paper really um and now I'm um yeah focusing on getting married and wanted and well and my desire to be a writer and and an artist really so yeah okay so tell me so this was all happening in Italy that that last year, that third year was in Italy, or what? No, sorry, sorry, that was oh, okay. back in Aberdeen. Sorry, okay, yeah, that so was that my home year. university. Yeah, all right. So yeah. it had take you had really worked very very hard to go and do this, and as you said, you didn't feel as that you didn't really want to let down the children. You'd made this decision that this is what you wanted to do, but yeah. you did, but you did pull away and decide. Did you decide that teaching wasn't for you, or do you still feel that that's somewhere where you need to be? Um, no, I mean, the reason why I became a teacher was because I, I saw a need um, to be a, to be a good example and to be a, to be somebody who was there for a lot of children who, you know, especially well all over the world really. There's children in schools who really need people to be there for them. Um, so that's why I got into teaching. Um, but I still feel like I want to work with children, um, but not not necessarily in teaching. Okay, so there are other ways of being there for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so after several years of doing this, um, did you did you feel as though um, did you feel good about your decision? Or did, how did your parents react to your decision? Um, well, I'd spent I'd spent three years uh, almost yeah. talking to my mum and telling her that I didn't in, didn't I, I could I really struggled with where I was and she always sort of you know said if you really want to leave then 
you know, if you really don't feel it's for you, then leave. But, you know, we'd always come to the decision that that wasn't what we were going to do. But when I did leave, when I left and when uh, she was very, they were both very supportive. They just, Mm. they said, you know, you've, you've worked your hardest and um, it's important to realize that, you know, the the plans that we think we have and aren't necessarily the plans that the Lord has for us. And often Mm. he has something better. Mm. For us. And sometimes and sometimes it's difficult for us to do that, to make that decision, because you've put so much time and energy into something. As you said, you worked really, really hard. And it was just the clash of personalities between you and your your teacher who, uh, you know, the, 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 the result was that you didn't pass and not yeah, because yeah. of anything that you had done. You had worked really hard. And. There, there has to be some disappointment. There has to be some, oh, my goodness, you know, I've put all this work in there and for what? But then the Lord comes along and shows you this is for what? You know, this this yeah. is why. This is the, you know, you've got this wealth of experience now that you can work with and move forward yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, sorry, go on. Go. No, you go. Um, well, I was just going to say, back when I decided I wanted to be um, be a teacher, it was really, like I said, because I wanted to use it to, um, to basically love children. Um, and, I, and I was in a place in my life where I was very, very, um, very harsh on myself and very, um, and I, I came from, um, well, I had ideas about being a Christian meant putting away a, a lot of things that we that we like I really mm-hmm. felt that that's what it was and and over the past three years the Lord has shown me that actually that's not what it means to be a Christian that um the Christian life is one of hardship as as life is one of hard hardship mm-hmm. but he he has plans for us and often those plans are ones that we are the plans of our heart so for me mm-hmm. being an artist being somebody who could create um who could a um, create beauty but also hopefully use those skills and use those um, those things of beauty and also my writing to work with other people and, and to especially children's books because children's books are fantastic for children yeah mm. they can really be a point of um, of inspiration and of joy so the Lord has shown me that though he has ideas he has plans for me and those plans are actually ones that are, are in keeping with what's in my heart because mm. Being a teacher was something that I was, I was doing it for other people. But he showed me that whilst we do things for other people, whilst we live a life of love, he still has a plan for us personally, and not, and that's the important point. That for a lot of Christians, being a, a teacher is a very important, um, you know, thing for the Lord. But for me, it wasn't that, and he has a personal plan for each of us, you know, yeah. in, in line with who he's made us. Yeah. Well, um, Joshua. With this in mind, I mean, you know, your your new um, focus, you, you've met a wonderful um, person, I, I gather, and you're engaged and you're going to get married next year. Yeah. Art expression is pottery, is, is making pots. How did that happen? Um. Well, the pottery is one of a, one of a few things. Um, and pottery... Um, my uncle has spent some time as a potter and I spent some time with him uh, and I spent some time in one or two different places. Uh, I actually cycled around part of Scotland last year, did something like 300 miles mm-hmm. and met two incredible potters. 
and just the um, f for me the, the materials I love are pottery and wood and and, and copper. And these materials are, are very, very earthy materials. They're very, you know, clay comes out of the ground, wood is straight from trees, and copper is is a metal and it's processed, but it's still very much from the ground. And it's just that that real um, that real connection with 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 nature and real connection with what God has made, and to be able to make something beautiful with a with a, a medium that god has uh, god has made already you know he's just fantastic so pottery was just something that grew over a few years really um mm. so yeah yeah so what so you have a your your plan is to travel travel in a in a, mm -hmm. a small van so are you going to have your wheel there and how are you gonna how are you going to um fire your pots yeah well the the pottery that i um, I'm interested in is actually um, not maybe not what everybody would think of. It's, it's very, it's very, very uh, again elemental is a vague word, but it, it's, a, it's, a, it's the sort of pottery that you fire um, in the ground or you fire um, in in brick ovens. It's not it's not kiln fired pottery. Okay. Okay. Um, but I'm thinking uh, the plan is to travel for a few years. Um, and focus on other media on more on copper for a few years because uh, and then when we settle down um i'm going to work I, i've i have worked with a few different potters and i'm hoping to work with a few more potters get an apprenticeship so we'll settle down and then that's when the the, the clay will come more into mm. you know into mine we realized we couldn't do everything at once yeah yeah and now you say that your fiance is also a writer so um have you had anything published the two of you yeah she's actually uh um got had a few pieces published mm -hmm. she's been focusing on writing for the, the past year or so whereas obviously i've not really done much in, um because i only left university earlier this year mm. um so she she yeah she's had a few pieces um published um yeah well, good so what kind of thing do you write um well bethan she's more into She's very much into children's stories, uh, and she's also working for a a charity at the moment, um, which um, it, it's a very good charity. It offers stories of hope, basically, to to people with um, depression or um, addictions, all sorts of things like that. And it also seeks to uh, educate churches on how how we how we connect with with people with depression or addictions or these sorts of things. So, she, but so Bethan. My, um, my fiance collects all these stories and writes them down. Oh right. Um, and that's that's she has a job doing that, which is very good. Um, and whereas I'm trying to find these things at the moment, like I say, she's got you know she's about a year ahead of me. So I'm writing short stories um, and uh, children's children's novels um, at the moment. Yeah. Well, we have to go on another short break, but can you come okay. back for five more minutes afterwards? Sure, yeah, that's fine. All yeah. right, so just a few moments. Okay. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. 
Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management, the holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness, how emotions are directly related to physical illness and how to read your body like a book. Dr. Devan will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVent Live, every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu, Wednesday nights at 10, 9 Central on toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu, Wednesday nights at 10, 9 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. So, Joshua, I suppose once once the two of you, Beth, her name is, yes, get married. Bethan? Yes. Yes. Um, once, once the two of you get married, are you going to sort of set up your own business and be self-employed or is she going to continue with her job? You said something about a small homestead. What, what are your plans? Yes. Um, well, we would like we, we bought uh, our van a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, drove that for the first time today, which was very interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we hope we'd like to live in that for a, for a few years. Uh, the idea being that it's far cheaper than anything else we could um, possibly afford, um, and also we just like we've we've both for the past few years, um, even when we didn't know each other, been passionate about living in a van. Mm-hmm. Um, she was actually the first girl I ever met who sort of wanted to do that. <laughs> That was her so, dream. <laughs> well, yeah, so she was one to snatch up. Um, there you go. Um, so, 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 yeah, so just because we really, we really like the idea of sort of alternative 
uh, everything alternatives and also um different stories um it's re- it'll be really nice to live in a van and we'll probably for the first year or so um live in britain um because we don't really want to up and move away um you know when we just married it, it would be quite difficult so we'll live live here and and move around from place to place um for a few months at a time um just we both would love to explore more of britain we have we've lived here all our lives and i've seen a lot of it but nowhere near all of it so we'll we'll live in a place for a few months and um because the the van is cheap we can um get part-time jobs um very you know low-paid part-time jobs but it gives us time to 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 develop our writing uh, and so on so the idea is that over the few years it takes to sort of get established maybe get a few more things um published etc we won't need to be bringing in that much money Mm. um so we you know so we can concentrate on that and then hopefully in a few years time we'll have um set up up that up a bit more so when we have children well obviously we never know when we'll have children but hopefully in a few years um we'll have more money from that and then Mm. and then we'd like to settle down and um and have a have a little place ourselves yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I've just finished doing a series on traveling homeschoolers. There are a lot of them out there that oh, travel really? locally. And then I have a very good friend who has been traveling for four years with her family of four children. And they're currently in New Zealand, but they spent wow. 10 months at the equator and they just do it. They walk or they hire a van and they just off they go. I've got other I've got other people who have done it on boats. So you should go onto my website yeah, yeah. and go Definitely. check out these people. Gosh, they're amazing. And I'll yeah, send you yeah. the email of, of one of them and she'll give you as much help as you need. She'll talk to you and encourage you and stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that that is so good. Because you're so I think the generation today is a lot freer because I know when my parents were growing up and at work they were worried about their pensions. They had to yeah, have jobs yeah. that had pensions, whereas I don't yeah. think this generation has that kind of security. It's not even offered that, that no, widely, no. you know. So, yeah. um, you know, being your own person and finding your own niche and deciding this is my budget and, you know, I'm going to be happy yeah, yeah, with yeah. this is, yeah. is what you're all about. So, Well, Joshua, it certainly sounds as though you were well equipped leaving <laughs> homeschool. Do you feel that way? uh yes yes more from definitely from a family point of view uh yeah 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 well good well good all right well we've come to the end of our time and i will be getting back with you because i mean you're gonna i'm gonna let you get married and i'm gonna let you do some and and then i'll talk to you again because you've been great to talk to i've been talking to yes what yes We'll have a lot of good news by that point. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, you've had good news this time, too. I thought it was really interesting. I've been talking to Joshua Williams, a graduated lifelong homeschooler living here in England. He talked to us about the changes in his life since he was a guest two years ago. And um, he said that he uh, wants to make a change and make a difference and be a, be a support for children. And so we chatted about ways in which he would like to do that and um, how he wants to spend his life expressing creativity as a gift from God. And he shared his journey of self-discovery and his plans for traveling in a camper when he and his fiance get married next year, writing and making pots. I know you've been inspired by this young man who's taken a path less traveled in order to pursue God's will for his life. And 
and how the bonds he made with his family while being home educators support him in his endeavors today. Joshua, congratulations and good luck on your upcoming wedding and your future. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. You have a wonderful weekend. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Gosh, children can make you so proud, can't they? And listening to little success stories like that, I hope, encourages every one of you to relax and know that what you're doing for your children is the right thing. And now I have some good news on the home front. Well, it's always good news on the home front, pretty much. Dortz has been so busy relearning all her show numbers out there on her ship. The choreographer is on board, which spells hard work. And she says her body is screaming at her. She has no time to get off the ship and hop on internet and rant and rave to the parentals. She did manage to send a really short email to say the cruise lines were paying for her trip home, which is all hooray, hooray. And um, we weren't able to talk to her then for five days, which was an awfully long time and I was missing her. And so I started imagining all kinds of things like that she was being over worked she was sick and miserable but when she did call out of the blue yesterday she sounded all really peppy and happy although she's thoroughly worn out but she's made some really good friends in the three months she's been away and these she cherishes after living with people 24 7 bonding happens fast and i think she was really amazed at the depths of her friendships that she's made and but something else that she learned that she told me that um having to do these extra rehearsals and not being able to get off the ship when she wants to or take a nap when she wants to was making her angry and her friends were noticing the angry Malia whom they'd never seen before and they mentioned it to her and she said she changed her attitude in a snap and she feels so much better and the old adage that the only thing you can change is yourself has come true for her now she goes to class and rehearsals with a smile because it's important for her to end her tour of duty on a positive note. So that's good. We were able to talk about her plan. She's going to be moving in with her brother, uh, which is really wonderful. Don't you just want that for your children? You know, they want to support each other after they've left uh, after they've left the homeschool. Um, and she said she wanted to spend the first night or two with us when we get back. So she reckons that she will... Um, plummet once she gets back to America because of all the hard work she's had to do she'll probably get everything that's going so she'll need some tender loving care as long as she doesn't pass on her bugs to us and she also said I need a haircut highlights a trip to the dentist a facial and a massage so I'm reaching out for that Groupon we went to see Sheila Hancock um, in a play the other day called Barking in Essex and those of you who don't know who Sheila Hancock is she's a very famous English actress a little bit older than the normal actually she just turned 80 um, she was in a, this play depicting a family who are delighted by their own ignorance it was written by the late Clive Exton and he was brilliant dialogue um, as a writer he stops to listen to people we used to stop to listen to people talking on the street, to the ways they were using words, the music they were making with their words. Funny how I noticed the very basic conversations going on between young people on the buses or in the parks, complaining about their warehouse bosses or their bouncers or at the clubs that they go to, calling them total idiots and then admitting to getting in a fight and ending up in jail for the night. I mean, you know, <laughs> not very, not very educated, these people. Um, 
but I love listening to, I love eavesdropping when I'm on the, on the trains. And Sheila Hancock, as the mum in this play, she encourages her son in his ignorance and reveals that his wife was probably his sister because of an interlude with her husband's best friend when she was young. And it was brilliant. The dialogue is just brilliant. And so I took her two of her memoirs that I had, well, my husband took two of her memoirs that I had read to the box office the following day to see if she would sign them. And apparently she has, and we're picking them up tomorrow. And she she, uh, wrote me a note too, so I'm excited to see that. Um, Our visit to Canterbury was good uh, to see my cousins. And uh, a little bit early to look for secondhand gold charms for my bracelet and to walk around the city for old time's sake. That was really good. And uh, I'll have to talk about more about that um, on another show. The next two shows, I've got recorded guests coming up because I'm going to be up to my eyes in moving. And uh, we went to see, what did we see? Oh, we went to see Deep Purple, but I'll talk about that later too. And my Texan is so that. He's very, very Texan. And he bought a CD called The Ultimate Yodeling Collection from one of the thrift shops along the high street. Let's not even go there as to why he did. And we were listening to it the other night, or at least it was on while we were cooking, or more accurately, while my cowboy was cooking. And this little number came on, sung by the one and only Roy Rogers. I hope you like it. Thank you very much. It's time for me to leave you and we're off to Mass tonight, sung and lovely for the Feast of St. Luke, one of the evangelists. Tomorrow we're going to see the new Sir Tim Rice musical, From Here to Eternity, and we may take a side trip to Portobello Road while we're in town. I know we have a lot of throwing away and packing to do and we need to buy those suitcases. We'll be going to our church for the last time on Sunday and I'm... Sure, we'll do a little bit more last-minute sightseeing. Thanks for asking me, my blue-eyed Texan. Um, It's our anniversary on Wednesday, 29 years. Uh, Without further ado, I'm going to say thank you to my husband, who believes in love at first sight and made an honest woman of me, our four children, who are the result of that belief, the hard-working staff at Toginet Radio, my guest, Joshua Williams, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Hannah, Joel, Rosemary, Kathleen, Esme, Millicent, and oodles of others. Stay tuned all the time and catch lots of great shows to glide you through your day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Doop, doop, Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian